0: Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can find me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you're new to the podcast, please be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Megaphone, and Google. Subscribing is totally free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's show, we're going to be taking a look at how the Jets fared against the Carolina Hurricanes, who were visiting in town after the Jets just beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday. Winnipeg is getting the regular old tour of the Metro Division at this point, so just how did Winnipeg fare in its second game against the best division in the NHL? Unfortunately, if you've seen the, uh, the scoreboard, you're not going to like the news that I have to report. Um, at least part of it. This really feels like a couple of different games all wrapped up into one. Um, In the first period, I felt like Winnipeg was super good. Uh, Their forwards were very aggressive. There was a lot of offensive zone possession. Winnipeg was able to keep defensive errors to a relative minimum for what we expect from this team. Generally speaking, there was a lot to like. I mean, the Carolina Hurricanes are one of the best teams in the NHL. Over the past few seasons, they've built one of the most venomous scoring units in the entire NHL. Um, A really great, great core uh, established around veterans like Jordan Stahl, and supplemented with rookies like uh, Andre Zvechnikov, who's not really a rookie anymore. Of course, still very young, just like uh, Sebastian Aho and Tevo Terevainen, useful depth players like Lucas Walmark and Jordan Martinuk, um, and of course their defense is the much-heralded Jakob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton combo. There's a lot to like with Carolina's squad, and they continue their ascendancy with additional prospects like uh, Martin Nietzsche, and eventually Julian Gauthier whenever he makes the NHL. All this is to say that Winnipeg had a a bit of a tough test, but I felt like in the first period they really answered it. They were lockstep with the Canes, at times even outplaying them, especially in their scoring chance creation in front of uh, Peter Maracic. It was a fantastic start and a much more even period than I was anticipating. Winnipeg went, you know, toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league and looked, for the most part, like a pretty dangerous squad. Um, This is not something that the Jets have done all that often this season, and usually when they do, it's kind of an a lopsided win against a weaker squad. It's rare that the Jets actually play well against a really good team, especially one as quality as uh, Carolina. Hockey, though, is something of a cruel sport, and instead of taking the lead like we all expected, Carolina was the one who ended up scoring first. Winnipeg, who, generally speaking, hasn't taken as many penalties as it has in the previous years, uh, did take an early one here, and uh, Lucas Walmark ended up making them pay. Walmark is a decent depth forward, but not somebody that I I spotlight all that often. Uh, He's been a pretty capable player in the middle six for Carolina. Good scorer, nice hands, smart offensive instincts. He was certainly much touted when he was playing overseas, so yeah, bit of a fair result. I mean, the Jets' penalty kill is oftentimes puck-watching, and they don't really seem to know how to clear the crease in front of Hellebuck, which is kind of where Walmark scored from. Not great, not great, not a fan but it's really just a continuation of a trend for Winnipeg's defensive structure, which just seems to not really understand how to clear the crease. I don't know why this keeps happening, but at some point the team really needs to figure out something, because teams are just kind of walking up to the Jets like it's a welcome mat. Thankfully, Winnipeg does have a lot of talented scorers, and less than a minute later, Winnipeg ended up tying the game on a nice deflected goal from Jack Roslovic. This Roslific is having a pretty good season, I have to say. That second line of all players with the numbers starting with 20, 26, 27, and 28, all three seem to be clicking. I like the chemistry that Wheeler has as a center with uh, Ehlers and Roslevic on his flank. They seem to find each other in open spaces, and they create so much chaos. We all, of course, know that Ehlers is one of the best NHL forwards around, and of course he's probably Winnipeg's best overall skater too but it's easy to overlook just how much Roslovic has developed as a wing, especially on the flank with somebody who handles a lot of transition play like Ehlers. Jack is honestly something of an elusive forward. He seems to find himself in, in quiet spaces where he can sort of pick out nice little goals um, and get in dangerous areas to create high-quality scoring opportunities. He has an uncanny sense to get around the net, and he knows how to muscle his way in despite a smaller frame. It was a nice team goal, and I generally felt like it really wasn't against the run of play. It was a nice even period for Winnipeg, They deserved a goal, Um, and it felt like, to be honest, Carolina's goal was a a touch bit fortunate. I mean, Winnipeg taking a penalty, not great, but the Jets were winning the expected goals for battle, so that's really important, I think, in the long run. You want to see the Jets creating a lot more than they have in the past, and in general, I was happy with how Winnipeg performed, um, especially in light of, of how fast Carolina can counter. Um, Winnipeg's forwards put a lot of pressure in the offensive zone and forced Carolina's defense to kind of collapse at times. There were some early warning signs, though. Winnipeg's puck management really wasn't stellar. They've had a lot of self-inflicted turnovers, a lot of dumb passes that are just sort of dumped off to nowhere trying to exit the defensive zone, or passes in the offensive zone that just lack clinicism and, and connecting to the uh, the forwards that they're looking for. It's not surprising that this team is still a little rough around the edges, especially considering how much they've played and the fact that it's still the Jets' defense that Winnipeg is struggling to contain with. They don't do a really good job of, of sealing off passing lanes against, and usually I think Winnipeg's defenders kind of get caught puck-watching a little too much. Um, a lot of times, it just seems like the Jets' defensemen don't really have a, a clear read on their assignments, which to me is very troubling. As you might expect, it's especially noticeable for some of the depth guys like Tucker Pullman and... uh Lucas Abisa, Anthony Potato. Uh, those guys are, are doing about as well as you can ask, but generally speaking they're all in over their heads. Pullman is probably struggling the most just because he's playing way above his pay grade. Uh, he's he's a you know second or third pairing defenseman, and I think that that's probably where he tops off. But he's being asked to play first pairing minutes alongside Josh Morrissey. It's not really an ideal situation it's never been, but it's especially bad right now. I mean, Pullman is is definitely underwater. I feel bad for him because I definitely don't blame him. I mean, Winnipeg's lineup situation is not exactly conducive to his success, but by the same token, I would have hoped for a little bit better than he's shown. This, of course, is also something of an indictment on Josh Morrissey, who's been, well, not good. The guy who was supposed to be Winnipeg's top defender this season has been anything but. In fact, there are times when Neil Pionk actually seems to have slightly more defensive awareness than anyone else on this blue line, and that's kind of troubling because Neil Pionk is still not that great on defense. What bothers me more is that sometimes they don't even seem to make an attempt to, to really carry the puck out or clear it in a way that's logical. There's just sort of this weird dump and chase thing going on, except the Jets just dump it, it gets picked off, and it's back behind Hellebuck in almost no time flat. Just sort of a frustrating thing, um, and I, f- I feel like Winnipeg's defense has been a little bit too giving. I'm not surprised, and I, again, I I expected it, generally speaking, from, from what we've seen over the past couple of seasons, and really also expected it because, I mean, look at this lineup. They have maybe one top four defender actively playing right now. Which, it's it's really time to sound the Sami Niku horn. I mean, I don't know what he has to do to prove that he would probably be an immediate upgrade for this team's blue line. I just don't know who else is really going to stand in his way other than the coaching staff. Give the kid a chance because Winnipeg's record right now is still pretty strong. And there's a chance that they, they can actually salvage something if they can at least get a little bit of defensive help and reinforcements. It'd be cool not to waste the early momentum that Connor Hellebuck has already brought this team. Um, and I, I would rather see them make the playoffs than not, that's for sure. In just a bit, we're going to talk a bit more about the game, uh, especially because it definitely evolved after the first period, and probably not for the best. But before that, how many of you have actually completed your Christmas shopping, especially for the sports fan in your life? If you're looking for a unique gift, head over to on and check out their lineup of real-time Up-to-date shirts that feature your favorite, teams, and their most hallowed moments in sports history. Breaking Tea has something for every fan and is great for all ages. Be sure to check out their site at BreakingTea.com and take a look at their entire catalog. I guarantee you'll find the perfect gift for the sports fan who has everything. Welcome back. I hope that you are not expecting the best news because, unfortunately, Winnipeg's second period against the Carolina Hurricanes didn't exactly go to plan. Much as I'd love to tell you that the Jets were awesome, and kicked butt, and did exactly what they did in the first period... mm, didn't really happen. With the game tied at 1-1, the Jets came out looking a lot slower and a lot more defensively minded than they did in the first period. And with Winnipeg's defense the way that it is, that's not a good thing. The Jets have a tendency to sit deep and absorb a lot of pressure, but the problem is... ...when they absorb pressure, they also try to make a zone clearance by just throwing the puck around willy-nilly. With how Winnipeg plays, that's not exactly a recipe for success. They have a horrible time just clearing the puck out on very simple passes, and when they try to, you know, ring it around the boards, it usually ends up on an uh, an opposing skater's stick. If it doesn't, it's usually in the back of the net, squirting out to the uh, neutral zone for an opposing stick then, or it's an icing, so not really any scenarios where Winnipeg wins. Unlike the two or three opportunities that Winnipeg actually did get out of its own end, the Jets basically didn't get any shots on goal. In fact, I don't think that they recorded a single shot for like 12 minutes. That is not exactly a winning recipe. I mean, I don't even care if it's like a a dumb little dump from the point. I mean, at this point, just get it on net. Do something. Please, please do something. While the Jets were sitting deep, Carolina was doing all it could to get the goal ahead goal. And sure enough, they did. In some more failed zone clearances, Carolina ended up taking advantage when Teravainen found Sebastian Ajo off the wall. I mean, it was like an absurd pass, though. I don't know if Teravainen was actually looking over his shoulder or what but he basically backhanded a pass right to Ajo in front of the net. It's the kind of goal that's just one of those things you have to sort of marvel at the pass and distribution because there wasn't a single mistake made. Certainly a mistake on the Jets' end, but definitely not on Carolina's. The setup and, and play along the walls is really something to marvel at. Taravainen is one of the best transition forwards in the NHL, but he's apparently very strong in the puck. Dude really wasn't dispossessed that often, and his pass to Ajo in front of the net was just absolute filth, especially when he had so many different guys around him That he had the vision and wherewithal to actually make that pass and complete it, that's just so much to admire there. Carolina definitely wasn't done trying to score, though, and they kept putting a ton of pressure on Winnipeg's forwards and defenders. Winnipeg kept trying to clear the zone and then kept turning the puck over, and that that led to a lot of chances on goal, and it it just wasn't good. Winnipeg, though, ends up finding a a bit of a nut like a blind squirrel, and here we go. Patrick Laine deflects the first shot of the period on net and into the the goal, right past Peter Moradzik. Muratik thought it was a high stick, but Laine beat him cleanly. The goal was very briefly reviewed, but then ruled a good goal as it should have been, because there was no high stick, and uh, Laine had a nice little uh, marker for his record. Dude hasn't had as many goals as he usually does, pretty low shooting percentage too, so nice to see him record one. Unfortunately, having a chance to win a game is kind of overrated, and uh, Winnipeg got caught just a few minutes later on a beautiful individual play from Andrei Zvechnikov. There was a bit of a scrum around the net on the left side of Hellebuck, And, uh, Jordan Stahl ended up tripping somebody, but it ended up getting missed by the officials, and Svechnikov uh, emerged with a puck and then did that stupid lacrosse-style thing that he did against Calgary. I say it's stupid because it defies all logic. I don't know how you do it once, and that you do it again is kind of ridiculous. Consider that Evgeny Kuznetsov tried that, uh, I think once or twice, if not twice, and couldn't get it either time. And here this, like, 20-year-old kid does it. Just amazing, man. If you don't know Andrei Zvetchnikov's name, which I I really can't understand how already because the kid is a highlight reel a minute, this dude is just one of the most dominant, amazing, skilled forwards you'll ever see. I can't believe that he didn't get more ice time in his rookie year because he's so good at almost everything. The dude occasionally shows the kind of hand-eye coordination that you'd expect on someone like Sidney Crosby, but he marries it to a power forward wing style. It's just really cool to watch him, man. I mean, he's such a smart player. Great shooting, great passing, great vision. There's not really anything to dislike in his game. That goal, however, apparently did not stun Winnipeg because they sprang to life right after, and the Jets just won a full-on, all-out, full-court press, the kind that the Jets really dominate with when they're actually on their game. And uh, Carolina was basically reeling for a good three or four minutes. The, the Jets were basically hammering the offensive zone, and Peter Mrazek was under siege from every angle imaginable. I'm actually amazed that the Jets didn't score because they had so many great a opportunities, with Carolina really struggling to clear the zone. For a bit, the Canes looked a lot like the Jets, Um, but unfortunately, uh, there were a couple of bad decisions that ended up costing Winnipeg an opportunity to at least tie the game. On one counter, Carolina was breaking out, and I think Nate Beaulieu was a little overly aggressive and tried to pinch. Um, The pinch definitely didn't work, and uh, it led to a two-on-one with Sebastian Ajo basically breaking in alone on goal. You can technically blame Hellebuck and say that he didn't make the save, but obviously Beaulieu is the one who made the pinch and that. That directly led to the goal against. It's unfortunate because I felt like the Jets were actually doing okay until then, but, you know, small mistakes from the defense, again, cost the Jets not a new theme. For as much as the Jets did create, it unfortunately didn't get better because, again, on one of Carolina's counters, they got a nice little break. Anthony Boteto was behind um, one of the opposing skaters and took a bit of a, a bad penalty, I think a lot of people were harshly getting on Potato for it, but I don't know, I can't really fault him. Dude might have been alone on, on Hellebuck, and it wasn't exactly Hellebuck's best night, so yeah, I get it. The Jets then proceeded to concede another goal, um, this time from Jordan stall, after they couldn't clear the front of the net, and Stahl basically bullied his way to the front and uh, tucked it home. So just not a night for Winnipeg's PK unit to be fondly remembered. They struggled mightily, conceded a couple of goals, and on top of the struggling goaltending and the rougher opportunities against from Winnipeg's defenders kind of turning over the puck a lot, just a bit of a a messy second period. What is most disappointing is I felt like Winnipeg was actually close to to tying it up at least and coming back. Um, The Jets were putting on so much pressure, and when they get really aggressive and attack the zone as heavily as they did in the end of the second period... Winnipeg can look like a top 10 team. That they ended up getting so harshly punished on their mistakes is kind of a shame because at times Carolina was definitely the lesser team. Kind of surprising considering the Canes are so good, but uh, there were times where the roles were definitely reversed. In just a moment I'll talk about the third period and then kind of get give you some takeaways from this game. Welcome back. Hope you've enjoyed the show so far, and if you liked it, Please feel free to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Megaphone. As always, we greatly appreciate your support and hope you continue listening. To wrap things up, as you might expect, the Jets were basically out of it at the end of the uh, the second period, and the third period did not see a big change in that narrative. That said, I felt like the Jets actually did have quite a few good offensive opportunities. Um, they continued some of what they did in the end of the second period. Unfortunately, that did include not scoring any goals um, other than one power play goal from Mark Shifley, which... Might I add, was a rather pretty-looking goal. Nice uh, nice low snipe towards the far side of the post. Even still, the Jets just couldn't seem to find a way to solve Muratik and the Canes. Um, for as much pressure as the Jets created, again, the goalies seemed to stand tall for them, and Winnipeg just didn't get the bounces that they were looking for. With around four minutes left, Jack Roslovic found himself alone, basically, on a 2-on-0, and he ended up taking the shot. Uh, it looked like it went, and I actually thought it went uh, underneath the bar and just touched off the underside of the net, but apparently it didn't. Muratic apparently got a, a nice little glove on it, tipped it, and did just enough so that it hit the crossbar and back out. That goal might have changed the complexion of the game because there were still a good, you know, three or four minutes left after that sequence, and then Paul Maurice ended up pulling the goalie to try and at least get something out of it. Winnipeg came oh so close to scoring and just couldn't couldn't really get it done, which is a shame because I felt like the scoreline was a little harsh on the Jets. Yeah, they definitely weren't good tonight. Um, I think that their effort was there, especially offensively speaking. They had some really golden grade-A chances that they were really close to converting on. But defensively speaking, when Carolina created even a little bit of pressure in the offensive zone, especially to start the second period, Winnipeg just wasn't able to cope and clear the puck out. It's not like Carolina really did all that much, but the thing is, the Jets' defenders are bad enough um, in in making zone exits and clearances that any bit of chaos tends to cause the Jets a lot of issues. You can only do so much when you keep getting fatigued and can't clear your own end, so I'm not surprised by the scoreline. A couple of bad decisions here and there ultimately got punished on every single attempt from Carolina. This is kind of what happened to the Jets when they got bounced by the Vegas Golden Knights. They'd play relatively evenly, and then they'd have this one mental gaffe or mistake that just somehow found its way in the back of the nut. Kind of one of those nights where things just went against you no matter what. Um, the missed call that led to the Zvetschnikov goal, the Bolu-Pinch that ended up costing Winnipeg another goal. Hellebuck having a rare off-night, actually. He, he wasn't as good as he usually is, which is fair. I think that he's allowed to have an off-night every once in a while especially because he's carried this team for, like, two and a half months now. I'm sure there will be people who are upset at his performance, and I'm sure that he's not happy himself, but, like, I'd cut Hellebuck some slack. Again, he's hauled this team to, like, a 20-11-5 record or something like that. That the Jets are in a playoff spot to begin with is kind of miraculous because they are so bad at so many different things, and Hellebuck has been one of the unifying factors in keeping them afloat. So, yeah, I'm not going to get on him about tonight. Crap happens. It is what it is. Those who do deserve criticism are on the back end of the team and uh, on the PK unit. Both the defense and the PK were absolutely atrocious tonight, and especially the PK unit, which basically just let Carolina have its way. The PK for this team has always sucked, even though there are are seasons where the percentage is higher, mostly because of Hellebuck or some miraculous save percentage voodoo or whatever. Um, The PK itself is always crap. That's just not going to change. Carolina, unfortunately, has a lot of good passers and a lot of good shooters and a lot of guys who can hurt you really quickly if you make a single mistake or you just don't cover your lanes. Winnipeg's PK unit is, like, notoriously static, so I wasn't surprised that they gave up two goals tonight. In fact, they probably could have given up more if there were more power play opportunities. It's a bad mixture when you have some of the best puck distributors in the NHL against a PK unit that really doesn't generate that much pressure or motion, especially away from the puck. Winnipeg's defenders also made some really bad decisions tonight. The Beaulieu one especially sticks out to me. I mean, that was just an awful pinch, man. It's the kind of thing that Chalowski did the other day, and I think it got him demoted for a brief bit. Unfortunately, Nate's just been something of a disaster ever since he came back from his injury, and I I feel bad for him. I really wish that he was better than he is, but he's kind of reverted to his Buffalo form. I'm low-key not convinced he's actually any better than Dmitry Kulikov. He, at times, is kind of worse. It sucks because there aren't that many candidates to replace him right now, other than Sami Niku, and the team doesn't really seem interested in calling him up. So, that being the case, we don't have that many options. Um, And at this point, the Jets' defense is, it is what it is. It's not going to change anytime soon. The coaching staff isn't going to make that many adjustments. Winnipeg is going to have to rely on a lot of goal scoring and timely saves from Connor Alebuck. And remember, kids, every save is timely, no matter, what the, uh, what, no matter what the media tells you. Overall, I'm just kind of frustrated by this game because I felt like Winnipeg was a little unlucky, a little bit bad, um, but when they were good, when they were on their game, and when they were applying offensive zone pressure, the Jets looked like they did a couple of years ago during the playoffs and in the regular season. You can still see the skeleton of a much better squad underneath all of the crap that this team carries with it, and it's a shame that it's buried under so much mess because there's a lot of talent still on this roster, and they still have the potential to make noise if they can make the playoffs. I just don't know how far they're going to go with this squad right now, Um, and unless some things change in the near future, it's probably not going to get that much better. It's a shame, but again, I didn't expect that much for the season, so at this point making the playoffs would probably be gravy more than anything. Hella Buck showing off why he was given such a big contract and, and turning out to be a real gem of a deal, that does make me happy. I liked seeing him do well. I think he's our franchise goaltender at his best. And especially after the past couple of seasons where his results were a little bit mediocre, you'd like to see him become a franchise nutminder for this team. Sometimes, though, you just suck, and that's that's what happened tonight. So with that, thanks for listening. Hope you had a good one. I'll see you guys tomorrow, and go Jets go!